This is Mid-Missouri's Total Sports Station. KTGR, and it's time to get big. That was a big-time answer right there. You've got the big show with Andy and Brent serving up sports talk from Mizzou to the pros. And everything in between. Join us now on the KTGR hotline and sound off on today's biggest stories in sports. The big show starts now. You bet it does. Welcome into this Tuesday edition of the Big Show on ESPN 100.5 and 105.1 KTGR, your total sports station in Mid-Missouri. Thanks for tuning in online at KTGR.com and on the KTGR app. It's Andy Humphrey, Brendan Schaefer, and producer Chris is back today. You can call or text us to join the show at 875-KTGR. Make sure you do so in a few minutes, if you want to tell us, as, as we run through every Tuesday, we tell you what was the good and what was the bad and what was the Josh Allen, I mean, uh, the ugly oh, from crap. week 10 of the NFL yep. season. I'm down bad. Uh, yeah. We spent like seven hours I last know. week talking about it. <laughs> and look what happened look on what Monday nights. It's not great. Not uh, great for me. We're going to get to that. In a few minutes, uh, injuries uh, w- within the NFL and uh, Major League Baseball with Will Carroll, the injury expert at 425. Uh, and we'll talk a lot of Mizzou today. They find out where they're ranked in the CFP later on tonight. So we'll continue to speculate on where we think they might end up. And uh, we'll hear what Eli Drinkwitz had to say about uh, Senior Day coming up uh, at Faroe Field this Saturday, as well as what Cody Schrader did and the thoughts on Florida as they get set for that matchup. We'll hear what he had to say at 5.05. And then Mizzou men's basketball with the win last night, uh, not very high scoring, uh, but are we seeing this team prove it all defensively, holding SIUE to 50? I think they went like 12 minutes without a field goal at one point. It was a huge drought or something like that. Uh, One for 12 from the field or something? Yeah, second half was... was I think they were one for 20 at one point. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, we'll we'll talk about that at 525 uh, and the defensive struggle that both teams kind of have, but Mizzou ended up with a comfortable win yesterday. 875-KTGR. If you want to call or text us, you can also tweet us at KTGR Big Show and find us on Facebook, too, at Facebook.com slash KTGR Big Show. Now, the Big Show's Big Deal. Yeah, last night, Mizzou got the victory over SIU Edwardsville, 68-50. to Sean East leading with 20 points on 8 of 11 shooting. And a good night for Noah Carter as well, 15 points, 10 rebounds. Freshman came off the bench as well. Uh, Anthony Robinson uh, came out and had some good uh, contributions as well for Mizzou as they hold SIUE under 29% shooting for the game. So pretty good stuff defensively. Tigers are at Minnesota on Thursday. First true road game for Dennis Gates' group. We'll see how they handle that as they take a 2-1-1 record to that contest on Thursday night. You can hear it at 8 o'clock on KTGR. Women's basketball tonight is back at home taking on North Alabama. You can hear that game on 100.5 FM KTGR this evening. And uh, Mizzou football learns tonight where they're ranked in the college football playoff uh, updated rankings. And that is the Big Show's big deal on this 14th day of November 2023. 875-KTGR if you want to call or text us here on the show. Uh, certainly plenty of you know Mizzou things to get to. We first have to get to this. Actually, no, not this. Aha. Different music. Nice How about that? There. Oh, man, my selection of music in that moment was very ugly. 
wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was basically like... Can we use the good, bad, and ugly music for picks of the week then? <laughs> Trade it off this week and see if yeah. we can throw people off a little bit. Yeah, BBC Bizarro World. I mean, maybe we could. Uh, I don't know. We could try that, or we could just go ahead and play the right music. Thank you. You know, just for old time's sake. Be nice for every week's sake. Every week's sake. I like things to change. Yeah. I like change, so just... Consistency is what we're about here on The Big Show. 875-KTGR if you want to give us your good, bad, and ugly from the past weekend of NFL football which included a Chiefs bye week. So we're not going to put them anywhere Speaking this week. Speaking of consistent, I was going to say, no, I think they were consistently the winner of this bye week if you no, took I mean, the rest of the NFL. Sure, I guess. <laughs> All those teams in the AFC basically taking a loss this week amongst the top. Yeah, I would like to submit the Spider-Man pointing at Spider-Man meme for the Bengals and Ravens just uh, calling each other frauds this week because uh, what in the world? is going on there in the AFC North. The Bengals are sitting in last place. I said they're going to win the darn thing, and they're 5-4 five and four five at and the four. bottom of the division. Well, and guess what? They might be 5-5 five and five by Friday if they don't pick themselves up quick and Huge win game. at Baltimore yeah. this uh, this upcoming Thursday but night. Maybe no T. Higgins? Maybe no T. Higgins? Yeah, right? but for both of those teams, like, how in the world did the Ravens lose that game to the Browns? I mean, they were crushing them. And let him back in, let him off the hook. That they, is, they uh, stopped running the ball. They kind of just stopped. They don't like to run the ball, do they? they well, they like to use Lamar, Lamar Jackson, I suppose, and that's not a bad thing to try and do. But yeah, in that situation, you do have to bleed out clock. You have to keep with what's worked, and it was the run game in that situation. And well, Baltimore couldn't finish the job. So yeah, look, I. You can say they're both frauds. You could say that maybe this is revealing a little bit of, you know, are they really Super Bowl contenders? I just think the AFC North is really, really good, and each one of those yeah. teams can beat each other on any day. It doesn't really matter when. Like, it's just, they're, it's a loaded division. Yeah, I mean, credit to the Steelers for sure with their defense. Um, I don't know that you'll ever see Kenny Pickett ascend to be able to finish the deal this year and get them into the playoffs, but... They're looking pretty good right now. The Browns feel very similar. And there is a world in which Deshaun Watson comes around, Andy. And, and, you know, they want to run the ball anyway and play good defense. But they were able to win in a shootout against the Ravens. So I, it's a really interesting division. Not all these teams are going to make the playoffs. Three of them could, though. That wouldn't be a surprise to me if, if three of the four make it. It's very possible. And I, I think that's how it would play out right now is pittsburgh the team that's out or is it cleveland i, I think, think it's cincinnati since the Bengals are in last place are they not well yeah but but i'm talking about the uh it, are both pittsburgh and cleveland in the playoffs right now is that well they're six is, and they're six and three so yeah, i but there'd be a tiebreaker I, in there yeah they're they're both in no, the playoffs the, right now yeah in, in fact i mean the the browns or pardon me the Bengals and texans are actually Texans would be in the playoffs if it started today because they have the tiebreaker uh by virtue of that win over the Bengals. So, yeah, wouldn't it be crazy if it came down to that, Andy? Your Texans getting in the playoffs with a 9-8 and record because the 9-8 and Bengals lost that game. What do we think right now? I mean, how are, what's the temperature in Texans lane? Obviously, we say good. They're in oh, the good yeah, they're week. in the good this week. Uh, CJ Shroud, again, is in the good this week with how well he's been playing recently. Um, I don't know if the MVP talk is warranted, but if they make the playoffs, no, if Relax. they make the playoffs, then there's 
There's smoke to the fire. I don't know if he gets all the way there. But um, look, five and four. They're a game back of Jacksonville. They've already beaten Jacksonville at their place this year. They play again in two weeks. They win that game at home. All of a sudden, you've got a last-place schedule for the Texans against a first-place schedule for the Jaguars. It's going to be looking pretty favorable for Houston going forward, not just for the wild card, but for the division. You know, and I can say this as somebody who did not have Jacksonville plus three in my picks of the week. Uh that you just felt like the Niners were going to roll over the Jaguars in that yeah. game. I'm going to call the Niners good for that performance. I mean, it was a bad performance by Jacksonville, but the, to you, Andy, is it also an inevitable performance with the Niners getting Chase Young coming off of, uh, I believe they're bye week, yeah, right? Yeah, Just some, yeah. some bad games before that. I feel like it was inevitable for the Niners to turn in a performance like this one, but is it indicative to your point about the Texans, that Jacksonville is very vulnerable right now. Right now, well. at least, you know, they have to figure out what they're doing offensively. I mean, they've got... Calvin so- Ridley not a factor? It's yeah, crazy to me. I don't get that part. They've got an excellent running back in Travis Etienne who has gone off in some of these games. Yeah. But consistency may be an issue. I, I don't know what to think of them right now. They definitely need... Uh, a bounce back type of week and i suppose they'll get that hosting tennessee like it's not a a huge daunting task but then that that at houston game in two weeks all of a sudden just got a little bit bigger for them oh for sure i i uh would completely agree with that one um I'm, i'm elsewhere in the good this week andy i may have to put in a song request for producer chris oh if we can get a little creed going on uh later on in the show because uh, I'd like to describe to the world the trade that you and I actually made in fantasy football this no, week. Oh, I don't feel good about this. Joshua man. Dobbs. Joshua Dobbs. I promised myself involved. I would never trade with Brendan again in fantasy football. You were so eager. You were so eager to. to I was not uh, so eager. Like, no, look, you were the one who texted me first. But Come on. it took Let's... it took very little convincing on your part to swap yeah. your Joshua Dobbs for my Ken. That's Ray what Miller I regret. You know, I but regret anyway, not Josh Dobbs. My point, Josh Dobbs going in the good. Um, he's got the Vikings cooking, man, and I think that could be real. Like, I think they're going to make the playoffs. I'm buying into what they're doing. I don't, I'm not sure that, you know, a win over the Saints is just the one that should convince people, but, I mean, the Saints have a few wins of their own. There's that middle tier of the NFL right now, not just the AFC, but the NFC as well, is just kind of soft and cushy, and I think the Vikings fit right into it as a team that's going to take command of that last wild card spot, or maybe maybe they even lap the Seahawks at some point. Um, I like what Minnesota's doing right now. Interesting team. I really like it, too. And if once they get Justin Jefferson back, maybe this week, if not, probably the next. I mean, it, possibilities could be endless. I mean, right now they're... They're in the playoff picture at the at the moment as the seventh seed, and there's a pretty big gap. There's yeah, I mean, not, that's... They're the last... They're the lowest... Um, team above 500 right now so they're six and four so there's not really anybody nipping at their heels there's a team maybe from the nfc south but that like we don't think the bucks are threatening the falcons the commanders like i think in the nfc unless something crazy happens it largely looks set as for who the seven teams will be maybe the order shakes up but that kind of looks like the way it's going to shake out with the you know the cowboys as a wild card the seahawks as a wild card and then the vikings picking up that third one 
The only team I could possibly see reaching up there, maybe making noise, probably Atlanta. But, again, health is going to be huge for them. Um, I mean, they lost a tough one to the Cardinals this week. They kind of needed that no, game, I, get I think, yeah, to really. No, I understand. Um, but, but yeah, you're right. It's There aren't too many teams. I'm not believing in the Packers anymore, that's for sure. I'm off that bus. No. Um, off the Rams bus, too. That's not uh, getting fixed yeah. anytime soon. So, like, they're 3-6. and six. I think it's unlikely that they that they turn it around. But I, I do think they'll get Matt Stafford back. They Like, their next couple of weeks are divisional games, and they host the Seahawks. If, if somehow they pull it off over Seattle, I'd say there's an outside shot. Um, but, yeah, very unlikely at this point. Uh it's just kind of like their separation there. But we didn't expect the Vikings. Like, we spent all last year calling them frauds. Yeah. And they kind of were they for were. their record. Yeah. But, like, when they're, if you just consider them that kind of nine win, 10 win team, that's kind of what they could end up as this year. And the fact that they're doing it and still maintaining that momentum without Kirk Cousins after the brutal start, like, it could be historic for this team to make the playoffs given well, how badly they, they played to begin the well, season. And they also. Like Dalvin Cook left too at the start of the year. Like they, they lost trash, that. Though. Well, no, but, but what I'm saying is their running game hasn't it's been all that consistent yeah. either. So I mean, no, they just, don't have a a good running back on this team. No, if so, they did, it'd be really nice. Well, they're but getting. They I mean, they're getting hurt. Like Cam Akers out for the year. Like at Madison again got hurt this week. Like nobody's consistent in that room. Yeah. So like but Madison's not very good at football. That's well, no, no, point. I get so maybe, it. I understand. But Ty Chandler, that's the name. Like maybe this this third stringer comes in yeah. and, and stabilizes it for him. Who knows? Uh, that would that would be a boost as well. But I like where the Vikings are at. I think they're going to be. They're going to be interesting, and again, having Josh Dobbs on a fantasy team doesn't hurt. Thanks, Andy. Appreciate you. Yeah, I don't feel great about that one. I really don't. I was so desperate at, at quarterback, gotten... and he bailed me out. Yeah, he bailed me out. Didn't even. Oh, ask which for I was kind of ready to sell anyway. I was kind of in the like, okay, I've lost four straight games in this league. Probably time to. And it's a dynasty league, so maybe build some assets. And you're the up. team I passed to get into a playoff spot this week. I don't well, know if yeah. you realize that. No, part. I did. I did realize that, and I realized <laughs> that it's not looking all that great for me the rest of the way. So I'm just kind of like, okay, fine. Poor you can guy. you can have Josh Dobbs. Can you take me higher? Tell us what you thought was good, bad, and ugly uh, from this past weekend in the NFL. 875-KTGR. Let's go to Scott here on the KTGR hotline now. Scott, what was good, bad, and ugly this week? Yeah, good afternoon. Yeah, the 49ers were playing real good until Kittle pulled his T-shirt stunt. His bad karma caused, caused Cinder Relevant to turn back into an ugly pumpkin. Whoa. I thought Brock Purdy played pretty well. They had their uh, two weeks to get better. I think they asked Terry Bradshaw to teach Kittle how to spell karma. Uh, I guess. The the Niners won by 31. They won by 31 points. They were very very good. Uh, Appreciate the call, Scott, here on the Big Show KTG. Scott, that call two weeks ago would have landed better because they were struggling. I mean,. They they lost uh, three games in a row, yeah. but the Niners now kind of look like they're back to being the Niners. So I'm yeah. not sure that's as much relevant anymore. Yeah, 875-KTGR. Tell us what was good, bad, and ugly. Austin texting in. The good was the Chiefs' bye week. I mean, all those teams losing certainly helped the Chiefs out. The bad, the uh, New York football Giants. Yes, that was very bad. Uh, of course, Cowboys had a great game, and the Giants played terribly. And that's what you get, 49-17 to 17, the final. 
The ugly Deshaun Watson's first half got the win, resilient in the second half, but man, it was an ugly first half. I mean, yeah, I don't know if you're going to get consistent Deshaun Watson all year long, but all the Browns need is just making sure that he here and there makes the plays that he needs to and just ride that defense and that running game, honestly, is what you need to do. I'm just not really yes. sure what the long-term like success plan is. If the, the way they won that game, like down the stretch with Deshaun, a lot of it was just kind of like dink and dunky, just kind of like nickel and diming the Ravens' defense till they just kind of went. Poof. Well, I think that's kind of really what sure he is. He can get there though. I think he's kind of that type of quarterback, at least for now. Not to say he's going to be that forever, but it's kind of what he is now. With the defense, I think it can work, and the defense obviously had a kind of topsy-turvy day you give up 31 points that's not great but I agree with the notion of the running game like good offensive line they're built to run the football and even without Nick Chubb that can still be their identity Jerome Ford going 17 carries for 107 yards Kareem Hunt pitching in with 32 yards and a rushing touchdown like they can still play that way and I think more weeks than not you're gonna have better defensive efforts than they showed this week but you go on the road you win a game like that within the division that's got to give you life even if you know your QB situation isn't perfect. There's a lot of teams whose QB situation isn't perfect, Andy. And I guess I do have to submit that, that the Buffalo Bills are one of those teams. I mean, I understand yeah. I have been... Look, I just wanted to say that it wasn't proportional, the, the hate we give to Allen versus Mahomes for turnovers. But I will say, if he really wanted to do me in, he did last night. Because that was the worst performance he's had from a turnover perspective since week one against the Jets. I, I mean, the fumble... You, it's just, and I and I jokingly on Twitter blame James Cook. I'm like, oh, they're probably going to bench James Cook again because he did fumble in the game. But like that, that's Josh Allen. How are you letting go of the football when your running back's not holding it? It's just being inattentive. It's just you have to pay attention to the details of that. And as a result, their offensive coordinator gets whacked. You think he gets fired if that 12 men on defense penalty doesn't nope. happen? No, that's what's weird to me. Is like they lose that game because of a bonehead penalty at the end. I would call Sean Payton ugly. I know he won the game, but let me explain. When you organize the end-of-game sequence the way they did, voluntarily taking a knee and then rushing your field goal unit out there without a timeout, no opportunity to get set, as that was happening, I'm like, they're going to miss this field goal. And sure as shooting, they did. So Sean Payton, that was bad. You get bailed out, though, by the 12 men on defense. And that somehow, a defensive penalty gets the offensive coordinator for Buffalo fired. Very interesting sequence of events. I thought it was going to happen a different way because I saw the Broncos, I thought I saw the Broncos do this earlier in the game where they kind of bluffed a fake field goal attempt in this exact same way. What I thought the Broncos were going to do was that on third down, they'd send the field goal unit out there. Everybody gets set, everything like that. And then the holder comes up comes under center, takes a knee. All he has to do, hand the ball off to the ref. Andy, lineman, that's such a good point. Lineman back up maybe a foot. Yep. Kicker backs up maybe a foot. Holder goes back to where he is. Nobody's Everybody's going on and off there. the field. Like, oh, yeah. that's so brilliant. That, yeah, that's, that's what, what you needed to do. Like, And I thought and that they were going to do that because they basically did it earlier in the they game. They already did it. Yeah. yeah, That bothers me a lot that Sean Payton didn't lose that game because that would be getting talked about today way more than it is. Oh, yeah. They should have lost that football game on that decision. Uh, Bill's defense bailed them out. Yeah, Bill's defense bailed them out. and 12 men on the field. Can't, yeah. Cannot have that. It was just like the Broncos drew it up, I suppose. 875-KTGR. 
craziness, right. man. Give us a call the, or a text. The two Sean's going back and forth with oh, a coaching boy. clinic in that man. moment. I'll tell you. Oh, McDermott, gosh. not been his best year either. No, definitely not. And now all of a sudden, like, uh, those are five and four. I mean, I don't think they'll miss the playoffs. But it's absolutely a possibility. And if it happens, that's the game that you point to. Well, right now... It, if it right ended now, today, they're out. The, yeah, yeah, because the Texans and Bengals are both vying for that last spot. You know, the Bills are five and five. The Raiders are five and five. The Chargers and Broncos still only have five losses, as do the Jets. I think we know and can sort of anticipate which of those four and five teams, probably all of them, are going to fade away. Give the Chargers a little bit of outside hope if they can go on a run because we trust their offense. But like, yeah, it's it's more crowded though than. Buffalo Bills fans, I think, would like for it to be. They're going to have to win games to get out of this hole, and they, they've they got a tough schedule. Like They've still got games remaining that are going to be difficult. They can hope to beat the Jets this week, but they they just lost to the Broncos. And then you have to go at Eagles, at Chiefs, host Cowboys. Andy, they might miss the division. Yeah, They might miss the, the playoffs, I should say. Yeah. Division, forget about it. I mean, it's it's dire times right now in Buffalo. No, a lot to figure out. And now all of a sudden you're changing out offensive coordinator in the process. And look, we'll get to it under the bus, but I don't know if Ken Dorsey deserved that. Did he? That's my question is like, are they firing him if not for a defensive penalty? Yeah. Because they win the game. Life's okay. It was a close call, but you're six and four. You're still on pace to be in the playoffs and, and be okay. I, that's what's so crazy is that an offensive coach can get fired for a mistake that. Uh, happened on defense. It's very interesting to me, and I wonder if it's that simple. Or if he was yeah. fired anyway. Like, that's possible, no, no. I guess. Very, very possible, too. 875-KTGR. Let us know what you thought was good and bad and ugly from the weekend in the NFL. You can keep getting your calls and your texts in, 875-KTGR, and you can comment on our Facebook page as well, facebook.com slash KTGR Big Show. We know injuries are always ugly, but there were players that came back from injury. One in particular, Kyler Murray, who looked pretty good. He definitely deserves to be in the good this week. How did Will Carroll, the injury expert, kind of see his return to the field and some uh, other injury notes uh, from the NFL that we'll be watching all this week? And we'll talk about the last managerial opening in Major League Baseball. That's all next here on The Big Show, KTGR. You're listening to The Big Show Podcast on KTGR.com. Welcome back here on The Big Show, KTGR, KTGR.com, and the KTGR app with Andy, Brendan, and producer Chris. And we are joined now by the injury expert, Will Carroll. You can find him on Twitter at Injury Expert and subscribe to underthenife.substack.com to get insider info on baseball injuries and front office news and things like that from Will. And also, uh, for all things football injuries during this NFL season, fanbuzz.com is uh, where you can go and check Check out Will Carroll's info there. Uh, what's uh, kind of the, the situation, I guess, or the way that I'm sure the Chiefs and Eagles will approach this? Of course, uh, Chiefs uh, coming off the bye, and they get the Monday night game, uh, so it, even an extra day after that. And uh, uh, coming back from Germany, I'm sure now they've finally got their, their legs underneath them again to get ready for what will be a big game. Yeah, I mean, uh, Travis Kelsey racking up the miles, uh, heading down to Argentina a little yeah. bit. Uh, hey, 
you go where she goes, right? Sure. Um, yeah, I don't think this is going to be much of a problem. And I think a lot of the, the, the worry about travel is beforehand, getting adjusted for the game. Coming back, you've got several days. Even people that get jet-lagged, you know, you can get over that in a week. Then you have a week to get back into normal practice. And most of these guys have done this long enough, even if they're rookies, you know, you know the weekly practice schedule, the installs, all the things you have to do. As well, I was looking back through now that all the international games are over. We haven't really had a ton of unusual in- I mean, we've had injuries, but it's the same sorts of things that happen here, there, and everywhere. Uh, it doesn't really appear like there's been anything the week before, the week after, of course, a lot of the teams getting the bye after the travel. So I think they've got this down. Um, you know, it, it's really not as problematic as even something like Mexico City, which isn't as far, but has that just insane uh, altitude. Uh, you know, it's nearly twice as much as Denver. So it, it's really difficult to play there. Uh, if, you, if you can't adjust to it, and you just can't in a week. So uh, it, I, I think this international thing is pretty much figured out at this stage. Probably so. Uh, with how well they've been able to uh, acclimate players to it uh, going there and back. We'll see how much more it grows over the years. Uh, to uh, this past weekend uh, of, of NFL football, I mean, a bunch of crazy games happening. And then, of course, when it comes to the injuries, I thought the Saints kind of got hit pretty hard uh, at several places in, in their game last week. Of yeah. course, get Derek Carr came out once again. Jameis Winston had to finish for him. Uh, it was a right shoulder and, I guess, was also being evaluated for concussion there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Thomas came out. Uh, Marshawn Lattimore came out. Seems that like they took a lot of hits just in that one game. They did. And, and you know, Carr had this before. This is an AC sprain. We've seen, an, seen uh, this a couple times. Uh, it's what put Anthony Richardson down for the season, his surgery. So uh, it was able to come back in a week from what looked like a pretty tough AC sprain. That's why they have Winston there. You know, a lot of people have tried to blame this on the turf, both the the shoulder and the ankle and the head. Yeah, you know, head hits anything really hard. It hurts uh, and causes problems. I don't think the concussion is going to be the major problem. It's whether he can throw. So that team's got a lot of decisions to make. Uh, the, the NFL is uh, once again kind of waving its flag and saying, oh, we're looking at turf, we're looking at turf. Uh, and the players association do something about the turf. Don't just look at it. So uh, we'll have to see how they come through that. Elsewhere at the quarterback position from last week, Will, uh, Kyler Murray returning for the Cardinals, and basically, as you predicted, didn't seem like he really missed a beat. So probably no surprise there, and maybe he lifts the, their boat a little bit the rest of the season. Yeah, it'll be interesting. You know, Josh Dobbs has become everybody's All-American, the, the, the pastronaut, uh, not, the, not the easiest nickname to come up with. But, um, you know, Kyler came back and looked like Kyler, and everybody seemed surprised. I, you know, I, I don't want to sit here and say, I told you so, but I told you so. The kid's an athlete. He's a special kind of athlete. He had a normal kind of injury, and he came back. Look at the next-gen staff. He's just as fast. Uh, he had the same burst. He had the same top speed. Uh, you know, it's all within parameters. Uh, and after 11 months, that's pretty much a normal knee at this stage. Uh, I think we can pretty much discount anything under, you know, under a year uh, as being relatively normal. We're seeing guys come back quicker. Uh, we saw last week, we talked about the, the Georgia kid, uh, tight end, whose name I'm blanking on. Coming back. Yeah. It, yeah. Coming back and looking normal, that was the thing. I, I was 
a little surprised he played less than a month after tightrope surgery. But he looked normal out there. So, you know, here, a surgery that didn't exist 10 years ago and was thought to be a career-altering surgery if you had it, uh, now it's just, hey, you'll be back in a month. That's crazy. That's how fast these kind of things are changing uh, and why this is such an exciting area to cover. Absolutely. And, Will, you mentioned Josh Dobbs kind of taking the league by storm right now and bringing the Vikings back to relevance within this season. Uh, Justin Jefferson probably feels a lot more compelled to return to play. It seems he's uh, getting close to doing so. What do you think we can expect from him in that newfound connection potentially with uh, the Vikings' new quarterback? Yeah, that's going to be the interesting part. Is, is it doesn't appear that Dobbs really needs that. He can just show up and say, "You, eighty-eight, go long." Um, <laughs> yeah, talking. I was talking to a friend who's an offensive coordinator and he, at the collegiate level, and, and he was saying, "Look, we overcomplicate this. Yeah, they're just playing football. In a way, you can go out there and just have a basic set of plays." Uh, and not really worry about it. You let the linemen call their their blocks. You know which way you're handing the ball off. You know who's going to run routes, and you see it. So I don't think this is going to be that tough. You know, Jefferson, if that hamstring is healthy, and there's no reason it shouldn't be after, uh, gosh, we're almost at six, or five weeks now, it'll be six weeks when he comes back. Um, if it's not, that's really problematic and bad for him. So if he comes back and is normal and you've got Addison, you've got some other weapons that, that Dobbs is learning now, uh, there's no reason why Jefferson can't step right back in and get back to a high level. Now, we've seen something of a taper with guys coming back, uh, you know, watching Jonathan Taylor come back from his ankle surgery slash holdout. It took him a couple weeks, and now he's in firm control. It seems like everything's ready. I think it'll be that. I don't think, you know, week one he comes back, but they're going to have to lean on Jefferson, Madison, Dobbs again because uh, that's the strength of their team, and if they're going to sneak into the playoffs, uh, they don't have a lot of games to waste. Will Carroll, the injury expert with us here on the big show, KTGR and KTGR.com. You can find him on Twitter at injury expert. Uh, Bengals this uh, week have an important game coming up uh, very soon on Thursday against the Ravens. And uh, they missed T. Higgins this past time around. And I'm sure with the Thursday night game with, with how Higgins was sort of evaluated throughout the week might be pretty tough for him to, uh, to return this week. Don't you think? Yeah, I don't think he's going to be playing. And that's been the story of the Bengals. You know, very talented. Uh, certainly thought they had upgraded. They were going to be a contender. And they just haven't been able to keep everybody healthy at the same time. Burrow had his early season issues. Uh, he's just he's just seemed off this year. Yeah, and everybody can have a bad year. Doesn't mean he's less talented. Doesn't mean he isn't. Um, but, you know, him and Chase and Higgins, and they haven't really been able to get much production out of anybody else. So those are the guys they need to have healthy and ready to go. Uh, And they just haven't been the team we expected. And I I think that's largely down to the health and the, I don't know. I don't want to call it rhythm. I don't really want to call it sync, but there's something that's off about this team. And from the outside, that's kind of what you lean on. Yeah. And uh, we'll, we'll see if they can get back on track in some way, shape or form, but we'll certainly have to do it quickly this week as they have a big game against the Ravens coming up. I guess this is kind of a weekly thing now, uh, where, wherever Aaron Rodgers is uh, in his recovery, he was telling NBC that he's targeting mid December as maybe his uh, return time. I wonder if you think that kind of lines up with maybe what you're hearing, Will. 
Yeah, it's, it's right along that time. You know, it, it's funny. Uh, Kirk Cousins had his surgery. He has the brace off, uh, and, and he's going to be moving. Obviously not going to be able to come back for this year, but uh, it'll be interesting to see where he goes next year. I, I think if there's anything this season has taught us, is you better have a good backup, and you better have a good backup to that backup. So, you know, if you can steal a guy like Kirk Cousins – uh, and make him, you know, maybe he's your one-year guy for a bridge for a quarterback. Uh, maybe he's just an overvalued uh, backup. I think he's going to have every chance to come back and play somewhere uh, if he so chooses. So with Rodgers, yeah, we're, we're going to get maybe not just one look at me game, but two uh, as the Jets. Man, that's just a bad team. The, the thing I worry about is less his Achilles. Worst thing that's going to happen, his Achilles pops again. Uh, but behind the line, if he doesn't have that baseline speed, if you take a look at, at, you know, I go back to Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, not exactly graceful, speedy runners, but they could at least get out of the way. Joe Burrow is much the same way. You know, when he had his calf injury, he had to be able to at least dodge people. Even Mac Jones, a guy who's probably just below that line of the talent level and the mobility you want at quarterback, he could move around as well. So Ken Rogers, is Rogers going to end up being like McNabb in that one game where he's you know all but stationary? Uh, I, I just don't know how it's going to work. I, I think the Achilles is the least of the problems. I, I think it's going to be the fact that uh, he, he'd have to absolutely have airtight blocking. You'll almost have to keep in the tight ends. You'll have to keep in the back. So how's he going to do what he's supposed to do? Uh, I just don't understand why this is going to end up being good for the Jets. Rodgers, sure. Jets, no. Well, Carol, the injury expert with us here on the Big Show, KTGR and KTGR.com. On the baseball front, starting to see more of the managerial openings get filled. I believe now it's just one more left, and it's the Padres, and they seem to be pretty close on making a decision there. Uh, But now, unfortunately, uh, their owner passing away, uh, Peter Sadler, uh, dying at the age of uh, of 63. So I I guess that situation, I'm sure they were close to their guy anyway, but now uh, with with this all of a sudden uh, happening here in the fold, too. Yeah, no, a number of guys they had talked to, everything is pointing to Phil Nevin, but it's certainly, you know, a lot of people wondered, why are the Padres going for it? Why are they putting so much money in there? Uh, you know, are they going to keep Soto or trade him? Uh, this certainly shows why. You know, owners are human, too. And, uh, you know, for Seidler, uh, we don't know exactly what happened, but uh, he'd been looking thin uh, this season. So uh, you, you, there's certainly speculation there that you know, maybe he just wanted to win a World Series on his way out. And that's a heck of a way to go. Uh, so didn't work out. The team was a disappointment, but uh, we'll see where they go. The other thing to remember is one of the things that uh, he owns, besides the LA Fitness, which is probably the, the biggest one that people know, uh, he owns 80% of Rawlings, which is the, they make the baseball, they make gloves and everything else. And, and so they're pretty important to baseball. They're, they were actually partners on that transaction a couple of years ago. Yeah, so uh, again, condolences to the uh, to the Seidler family, and uh, we'll see where the Padres go from here. Uh, Will, what's new at Under the Knife these days, and also uh, fan buzz? Yeah, well, I'm taking a hard look at the Angels over the last couple of days. Obviously, uh, they're the team that's uh, kind of the pivot point for the, the offseason. They brought in Ron Washington. Is he the right guy for the job? Is anybody the right guy for that job? And, and the second is the creative ways that teams are looking at Shohei Otani. Obviously, he's not going to pitch this year. So how do you do a contract for him and, and uh, 
talking to one AL executive, he came up with what he called the uh, the Yahoo approach that one team was taking. So uh, check that out and under the knife to see exactly how how creative teams are getting uh, in their Otani chase. For sure. So uh, go and check that out. Uh, again, underthenife.substack.com to get the insider info on uh, baseball ins and outs from Will Carroll, the injury expert. And you can find his football content at fanbuzz.com as well, all NFL season long. Well, thanks so much for coming on here on the Big Show KTGR. Uh, enjoy the rest of the week, and we'll talk soon. Thanks a lot, boys. Big Show's on at 441 KTGR and KTGR.com. So uh, we'll hear a lot more from Will Carroll in the weeks to come when it comes to uh, baseball's hot stove maybe ramping up here in the next few weeks as we get closer and closer to the winter meetings. And I know the Cardinals had some decisions to make uh, soon uh, as well with some of their roster moves. Yeah, and some of them already being made today, and I, I think you could see more in uh, in the coming days. But if we get a chance to squeeze in some of the Cardinal stuff, we'll try to find a moment to, to update you on that. But, yeah, it's going to be kind of a busy week at this point. Still the non-tender deadline yet to go. Uh, today was more in terms of who will they protect from the Rule 5 draft, and they did add a couple of guys to that. So uh, watching what, that, what happens there, and as we move along, onto the bus is next. There's a uh, the, the coaching carousel is underway in college football and everybody's reading into the tweets. I love this time of year for this exact reason. Uh, we're talking about that next and some uh, some big Mizzou talk uh, as far as what Eli Drinkwitz said earlier today. Five oh five. We'll talk about that after this live local sports center. You're listening to the Big Show podcast on KTGR.com. We've got under the bus here in just a second and the sweetest thing in sports and. Some Mizzou talk. Where should they be ranked in the college football playoff? We'll talk about that at five oh five. Brendan, you just had a wardrobe change. What? Yeah, think? I just put on a. I just put on a jersey. Can you guys guess the jersey by just looking at All the right, aesthetic? So, of, I can. So number six for the Browns. Chris knows it right away. Go ahead, Chris. It's a Baker Mayfield, is it not? It is a Baker Mayfield jersey. Are you familiar with the the situation surrounding these? It was something that popped up on Twitter. I don't know, how, a few days ago, however long ago it takes to ship a jersey, I guess, because I saw uh, like a screenshot that was like, wow, the NFL website really has a sale on these like old player jerseys, like the ones that are on the wrong team, so they don't really sell anymore. They marked them down like crazy, and so I kind of went on a little bit of a spree, and what? two of them came in. Two of them came in. Emily, uh, my wife, had, had a box, and she's like, what would you order? I'm like, oh, I think I know it's some of my jerseys. I kind of went crazy because they were like five or ten bucks a piece for like these authentic NFL jerseys, and so I got a Baker Mayfield on the Browns jersey because you know celebrating their win over the the Ravens this week. All right, what's the other jersey? Like what other jerseys did you get? Like uh, okay, so think you have to. And I'll reveal it before the end of the show. I ordered several, but only there were only two in this box that just came. The other one, I promise you, is funnier than Baker Mayfield on the Browns. You have to think in terms of like. What jerseys would people not want because a player was with this team for maybe a brief period of time and it didn't go well, but they printed them up because they're in a prominent position? That would be my prompt if you can guess before the end of the show. Uh, if not, I'll reveal it. Daryl Revis Chiefs jersey. I'll give you some opportunities. Le'Veon Bell Chiefs was an option. I didn't purchase that one because it was I, – I have my limits, right? There was only so many jerseys oh, I was going to buy you. this day. Okay. I kind of wish I had because I don't have a Chiefs jersey, but – uh, anyway, that'll be a fun guessing game. What other random jersey came in the box? Darrell Reeves that all, Chiefs. Uh, it's not Darrell Reeves Chiefs, but I'll give you more chances throughout the show. Please. All right. Well, uh, Jamal be... Charles Broncos. <laughs> 875 KTGR. 
Uh, if you want to guess yourself what other jerseys Brendan purchased. I promise this. it's funny. There's one in particular. All right. You need the player okay. and the team to okay, get credit. Very good. All right. So uh, so that'll be something we guess later on in the show. Uh, so we'll just brainstorm your ideas, everybody. Get a paper together and we'll see what's up. It's time to go under the bus on the big show. I love this time of year because now we get to speculate as to where these college coaches are going. We're like tracking flights. We're we're scrutinizing tweets here and there. And uh, everybody's scrutinizing this tweet, I suppose, from Jamie Chadwell, the current uh, coach of Liberty, who's 9-0. And could be a hot uh, coaching candidate for some of these Power 5 jobs that are opening up. Folks were kind of honing in on the location of one of the tweets he made about, um, it was like a Liberty Coaches show, I think is what he was tweeting about. Yeah, he was basically saying the show's like going to be tomorrow the show. oh, yeah. instead of today, Yeah, which I think further leads itself to the, the reasoning behind the delay for that coach's show. Yeah. So the, uh, he sent a tweet from Starkville, Mississippi, Andy. I'm just going to throw that out there okay. and see if that means anything to you. Well, I am be, questioning uh, whether or not there? that's real. Is Are it you? actually real? Because there's there's rumors out there that it's not. Like that, that there was a Ooh, screenshot we, so that was doctored uh, oh. to make it look like he was tweeting it from Starkville. Here's the thing. The, the tweet has a timestamp of just before Mississippi State announced the news that they were letting go of Zach Arnett. So I would be shocked. Uh, first of all, I'd be shocked anyway if they were bringing in a head coaching candidate to their building already. during the season. Like, he's yeah. already coaching a different team right now. I don't no, know if I this think is I'm real. on board. I'm on board with this being my, my version of Biff Buffers. Not nearly as funny. Um, I'm glad we have you here to... To kind of get the handle on this, because yeah, I put this on the sheet because I thought it was kind of funny. Well, it is funny. Yeah, I don't yes. think I don't think Jamie Chadwell was actually in Starkville, yeah. uh, based on the timestamp of the tweet necessarily. But uh, that's a good one. That that whoever did that got me. You can put me under the oh, bus okay. and sound the horn. All right, well, under the bus. Because I don't so mind I if I do. That one. Um, I bought that one, hook, line, and sinker. Well, uh, it, it's okay. It happens to the best of us. Uh, under the bus also to Ken Dorsey. Fired, of course, by the Bills today after the Bills lost to the Broncos. This is real news. This, this is real. No, no Biff Buffers sort of thing here. Ken Dorsey actually no longer the offensive coordinator for the Bills. And look, I I think it's a little rough because, again, as you mentioned, Brendan, if they just have 11 guys on the field instead of 12 during that field goal, that first field goal attempt by the Broncos at the end of the game, they win and they probably don't fire the, uh, the offensive coordinator. It would look bad to fire him after a win, even though you had the offense struggle the way that it did. It's interesting, though, that you could attribute a lot of the struggles to Josh Allen. Again, like he puts the ball in the belly of James Cook, and instead of waiting until James Cook holds the football, he lets go of the football. Like that's as much as I generally want to defend Josh Allen, that's Josh Allen's fault, not Ken Dorsey's fault. Yeah. But I would agree with you. If you win the game, you can probably overlook some of that stuff. But they needed a head to roll today, and I guess they're not ready for that to be Sean McDermott. They'll save that for after oh, they miss yeah. the playoffs yeah, here, inevitably. That's coming. Don't worry. Under the bus. Coming right point. now. Is this <laughs> an early signing period for the yeah. NFL? Uh, really? Is that is that what we're doing? Yeah, it's early signing period. Early that signing sense. period. That's why Jimbo got fired. <laughs> exactly.
It's time for the sweetest thing in sports on The Big Show. Sweetest thing is with our friends at the Candy Factory. They have the perfect gifts for your employees this holiday season. So get them today at the Candy Factory in downtown Columbia. Anniversary, birthday, any day. Online at thecandyfactoryonline.com. This is no surprise at all. It was announced, uh, in fact, during Eli Drinkwitz's press conference today that Cody Schrader is now a finalist for the Burlesworth Trophy. That is the award that goes to the most outstanding player in college football that started his career as a walk-on. Baker Mayfield is a former winner of that, of course. So very timely wardrobe change by Brendan. That's why I did it. Yeah, exactly. He actually won it twice, two years in a row. Um, But Schrader... Ike is very well positioned to win this. Uh, the other two finalists, I believe, are uh, a D-tackle from James Madison, who's had a good season, and also Mar- uh, Bob Stoops' son, I believe, is uh, the other finalist, Drake Stoops, who's a wideout huh. for OU now. Okay. Uh, so C- Cody Schrader, should, he's just going to win the award, I think. I think he is, too. So that those two have had fine seasons, yeah, but none them. of them They're are wonderful. None of them are leading their conference in a lot of those categories. And Schrader's leading the SEC in rushing. Like it, he's leading the on. SEC in rushing. SEC. Enough said. Yeah. Yep. So um, I think Schrader might have some hardwood coming or hardware coming his way. Um, I think that's right. So uh, yeah, Schrader is a finalist today. And we'll see if he uh, does, in fact, end up with that award very soon. And and look, there's all kinds. Of, it's all coming at once. Like there's some semifinalists that were announced today. I think uh, Chris Abrams Trains, a semifinalist for Bidnarik. Luther Burden's a semifinalist for the Maxwell Award. Joe Moore Award for the offensive line. They're semifinalists for that. Kevin Peoples, edge rusher coach for Mizzou, is uh, up for the Broyles Award. Like the, yeah, all kinds of. Big time nominations uh, coming this week, and for good reason because Mizzou is eight and two, and they've had quite the season. So we're going to see if they can finish that season on a high note and win these next couple of games against Florida and Arkansas. What does Eli Drinkwitz think about the Gators? We'll hear some of what he had to say about that. Also on the senior class and Cody Schrader. Also, where should Mizzou be ranked in the college football playoff? We're going to find out in a couple of hours or so. Well, I'll talk about that next year on The Big Show.